Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The end of the day is guests who will come into an apartment. They know what Airbnb is. They know that in general, it provides higher returns. And in a market like Colombia, like Puerto Rico, that rings true as well. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him in Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at 
eastereq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Eric Berman and Sam Miller, how you two doing? Good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well and nice to have you two on the show. Eric is the CIO of Life Afar and Sam is the vlogger for Life Afar. They will tell a little bit more about that company. The Life Afar is, let's see, both of you work to scale and grow your company, Life Afar, which is a collection of visionaries, business experts, and adventurers. And we'll get into the specifics about what that business is. And let's go ahead and do that right now. So you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what Life Afar is in terms of the actual business? Sure. I'll start off. This is Eric. So I began my career as a CPA and then spent the next five years doing corporate real estate finance. And through that, I had exposure to a lot of lending and development advisory on mixed-use buildings and hotel assets throughout the U.S. and Latin America. And about three years ago, I moved down to Medellin, Colombia, where Life of Far is headquartered and was exposed to real estate opportunity down there. And I'll let Sam give a little bit of a background as well. But in a nutshell, at the 30,000-foot level, Life of Far is a real estate investing platform that allows investors from the U.S. to find deals otherwise would not easily accessible. And we do that through the crowdfunded model, which is how we finance a lot of these projects. Sam, I don't know if you want to expand on that a bit. Sure. I started in Canada, a motorcycle journey through the Americas, found Colombia, saw something special here, started getting involved in real estate, eventually partnered up with the partners at Life Afar. We came from being a brokerage, a furnished vacation rental agency, and we started listening to what the investors who were coming to Colombia, who were looking at real estate in Colombia, what they really wanted. And they wanted something that would generate passive cash flow for them when they weren't there staying in the property ourselves. And that need has led us to develop the product that we have today, which we can go into. So from what I'm hearing so far, it sounds like you all offer an opportunity to invest in vacation rentals in Colombia. And I'm sure I'm not getting it all correct, but from what I've heard so far, vacation rentals in Colombia where the investor can stay there whenever they want, but then when they're not staying there, they're renting it out and making some money. What about what I just said is accurate and what part needs clarification? I would say all of it is accurate. A lot of our investors actually don't travel to the properties, but a lot of them are just looking for that passive income and looking to diversify into different markets. Sam, what do you think? It's fairly accurate. It is vacation rental, but, but we've really were taking on the vacation rental market in a different way. We have a lobby. We have our HQ in the middle of our markets. So it's almost like a decentralized hotel in some ways where we're taking the convenience, the predictability of the hotel world and bringing it to the Airbnb world, which can be a little less unpredictable, but sometimes a bit more chaotic. So we're kind of blending the best of those, both of those worlds. Can you give some specific examples of how you blend the hotel world and make it a little bit more conservative 
with that world and bringing it to the Airbnb model? Sure. The Airbnb experience has some unique local accommodations to stay in. We have that side of it. When it comes to making your booking, when it comes to getting a driver from the airport, preferably bilingual, someone that's going to be able to take better care of the guest, professional check-ins, so you're not coordinating with somebody who has a full-time job and works on the other side of the city, so smoother check-ins. And then an ongoing 24-hour concierge service over WhatsApp. You're always in connection with a host who is connected to various tour or travel activities. They can plug you into the local scene a lot more predictably than a random host. So there's that, and there's, there's a lot more we could get into, but that's one of the more visceral ones for the guests who stay in the apartments. Okay, so it's like a more of a VIP Airbnb experience than the traditional Airbnb be experienced from a guest standpoint. Yeah, yes. I, would, I would say that's correct. And if I could just add to that, as Sam mentioned, we're responding to the guests' feedback that we've gotten. And our newest project, which is actually in the old San Juan of Puerto Rico, is going to encompass a lot of F&B zones. So it'll have a rooftop bar and restaurant on the ground floor will be some sort of high-end food market with, it could be an independent beer garden or something like that. And it'll also have a fitness center. So we're looking to provide the amenities in these buildings that you would be accustomed to in a hotel, but also the uniqueness of Airbnb spaces, as Sam mentioned. Got it. So I now understand, and thank you for very clearly walking me through what the experience is for the guest. So for your business model with your company, is your customer the guest So you're focused on the management side or is it getting investors to invest in the properties that you all control or you list and then you do the management side as well? Good question. It's both. So I think that's something that makes us unique and that differentiates us is that on the front end, we're really focused on gaining investors and through that crowdfunded model, we acquire properties we visualize the concept and then we develop the properties and then our property management team takes over and we manage the property. We operate it full cycle. Okay, cool. Sam, anything to add on that? The end of the day as guests who come into an apartment, they know what Airbnb is. They know that in general, it provides higher returns. And in a market like Colombia, like Puerto Rico, that rings true as well. So we're on the ground. When we identify a property that has potential for conversion into a building of Airbnb units, we have, very importantly, the data, which allows us to predict and forecast and project what numbers in terms of the guest side allows us to put together an investment project very confidently. And as we've gone through and we've done about 14 of these types of projects, we have like more investor relationships. And so we're growing on both sides. And I think because we are administering the properties ourselves, and we've also promised to the investors different returns, we do whatever it takes to compete in those markets. So that's why you'll find we're looking at, okay, how are we serving guests? How can we take that to the next level on that side as well? How do you identify a property that has potential for conversion? Sure. Each market that we're in, Four cities currently, Bogota, Cartagena, Medellin, and Cali, each one is slightly different. Some of them are more vacation rental, some of them more international tourism. Bogota is a top business destination. 
So you have different profiles there. So it's a combination of looking at the real estate trends in the city. But because we're not necessarily targeting the local market as our primary market, we're looking at areas that are going to serve the international visitor to the city in the most effective way. That'll come down to location. That'll come down to what bars, restaurants, which parts of town are training in terms of favorites from the foreigners. And then also the rental rates will do. It really helps that we have a portfolio of over 200 properties that we manage in our markets because it gives us a very accurate idea of what we can generate from a particular building. Mm -hmm. So you look to see where the international visitors are currently going and you look to see how much potential rent you could charge them based on the properties you're already renting in that particular area. What about the in-between of you see a property and then you know what the end result is, but in order to get there, you've got some, I'm imagining, renovations that need to be done. So how do you project the renovation costs and the time frame that you can do those in? Good question as well. We have an internal architecture and design team, but we really, really work with local partners in everything that we do. And that's one of my biggest pieces of real estate advice in general is always work with a local partner, somebody who knows the laws, the language, the regulations, and more importantly, the costs of developing and doing business in that market. Yeah. And how do you vet that? Experience. Like Sam said, we have a team in each of the cities and in Puerto Rico, which is our newest market, we have a local development partner there as well. And we're using all local architects and contractors to lead the work. And just to kind of add on the guest side as well, in terms of identifying a project for our investors, there's a lot that plays into the potential returns. In Puerto Rico, for example, there's a lot of tax credits and incentives right now, as well as Puerto Rico being designated an opportunity zone. So for investors with capital gains, it's a huge advantage to take advantage of right now in terms of investing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just answered a question I was about to ask, but I'll still ask it just to get additional thoughts. And the question is, if an investor is looking at a deal, well, let's put Puerto Rico aside because you said there's an opportunity zone. So there are some capital gain benefits there, but there's also opportunity zones all over the US too. But if an investor is looking at opportunities in say Bogota through your platform, and opportunities in their backyard. I'm sure you come across this question a lot. There's certainly a perceived risk, and I think justifiably so, investing outside of the country in an area where they perhaps have not been versus in their backyard. So what is the counterpoint to that argument? I'll say something, and then maybe Eric, you can jump in. I think that's huge. Colombia is another country in, in South America. It's been isolated for a very long time. It's got a lot of incorrect and outdated associations. I think the best way to really update the reality of the situation is through video. And that's one of my main focuses on the YouTube channel, Sam at Life Afar, if you'd like to see firsthand. I try to really give a perspective of what that potential investor would be curious about, about what's happening, what's going on to kind of overcome some of those objections. Once people get here, they understand, they become much more comfortable with it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I would add that another 
piece of advice that I like to give real estate investors and the best ever listeners is that I would always diversify in terms of not only asset class that you're investing in real estate, but geographically as well. You never know when, where, or how the economic markets are going to be affected throughout the world. And we, as a company, we're founded and based upon our success in Colombia, but we're now taking that success and looking to replicate it into other international markets that might not be as common for real estate investors to do projects in, but we want to replicate that success and help them do so. And I think I heard Sam say you've done 14 projects like this so far, and Colombia is a big old country. So why not just focus on Colombia and do more projects there versus trying to go to different countries? Because to me, that seems like that would increase your risk versus working with the same proven team members. Yeah, it's definitely a process that we're taking slowly and gradually, and we're certainly not going to jump into a new market until we're confident that we have the right partner to do so and that we can build upon the success that we've already been achieving with our investors. I think there's a lot of other great opportunities to be found in real estate in other countries as well as Colombia. And that's one of the main reasons I know some of our feedback from investors is they're open to seeing opportunities in other countries, other geographies of the world as well. From a business standpoint, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. It seems like it's a greater amount of effort to find other team members in different countries versus me just sticking in Colombia. If I've done 14 projects there, it's a whole country. So still, there might be greater opportunities in other countries, but is it really that much greater with the risk and the time associated to it to compared to just staying in Colombia? I think it also has to do with expanding our platform. Okay. The community that Sam was talking about, how we're building in providing that guest experience, it goes twofold. One is providing opportunities to investors, but also providing new locations for our travelers and guests to stay at and experience. Ah, got it. So do you have a following of guests who seek out the different destinations that you all have to experience what you provide that VIP Airbnb experience? I think Sam probably best. Yeah. yeah. Going to the core of the question, why expand? I think the risk in terms of starting with new partners is mitigated through using the same talent with the same skills. So when it comes to identifying the deals, when it comes to the finishing touches on the property and what's that final product going to look like, those are things that we're still managing and it's, and it's the part of the business that we've expanded successfully to other cities. And when you have the right team and we have a significant accounting administration legal team, we're able to make these moves and be able to expand our core value, which is vertically integrating this investment process. Sam, when you're creating the videos about wherever you all are investing in, and you're thinking about it from a business standpoint where I imagine the business outcome is to, as you said earlier, proactively address some objections that investors might have or just simply make them more comfortable and familiar with the surroundings. What are some things that you make sure you do or film or experience in order to accomplish those objectives? I really like the vlog style. 
It's less scripted. It's getting out on the street, walking past properties and explaining, well, this is what this property is worth. This is how much it's worth per square meter. This is what the zone was like eight years ago when I first arrived here. And this is what's happening now. This is a new restaurant. This is a new bar. This is a new designer shop. You can clearly see some of those gentrification trends that pass through particular areas as they improve in each market. It's very interesting how each one plays out. But sharing the process, speaking to agents who work in the area as well, showing example properties, just being as transparent as possible. I get it. It's like it's some new people in a foreign country that you may or may not have a positive perception of. But at the end of the day, that perception, that shared perception, that shared agreement of value of the real estate is what determines the value. So we look for areas that are not always in the most prime locations. We're looking right on the fringes. We're following basic real estate formulas, looking where the movements are, looking where the expansion is and getting in on those areas. And so we're very transparent with our process. I think that's the best way to put it. How do you identify where the international travelers are going from a quantitative standpoint? Where do you look? In the last 10 years, I think we've served about 25,000 guests now. So we have that data. We speak to our property management teams where the new trends are coming. We're 10 partners now. We're all based here in Colombia, but we've come from all over the world. Our marketing director came from San Francisco. He was working with Gap up there, and he decided to see what was happening in Medellin, eventually fell in love, moved a few years later. So we all live here. We're all experiencing it for ourselves. So they're like our local markets. Such a smart idea to do the vlog. How long has that been going? About two years now. I saw some movements in terms of what people were doing with video, what people were doing with YouTube, which after all is the second largest search engine after Google. So I'd been writing articles and I just saw the opportunity in video. So I thought it was the best way to really show what was going on. Taking a step back, thinking about it from a real estate investor standpoint, here's the question I ask everyone. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Mine is diversify and find great partners. Yeah, great partners as well as demographics. I think at the end of the day, it's demographics, where they're moving, what people are moving there and what they desire. (laughs) And earlier, I don't remember which one you said it, but I, I wrote this down. You said you've done 14 deals in this model and you've looked at data to predict where to go. And Sam, you just talked about how you get that data. One question I have on that is how has the process of analyzing the data evolved from when you started to where you are today? And I asked that just to see if certain things have become more or less important as you've been looking at the data to predict future success of projects. Yeah, I would say that internally, the property management team has certainly grown. And with the increase in sheer volume of data, of course, you have a bigger data pool to analyze. And I know that our team spends a lot of time analyzing trends from the guests, feedback from guests, international traveling trends and traveling trends within Colombia as well, where the guests are arriving from, how long they're staying for, points of that nature. So you've got more data, which is a blessing and a curse usually because then it's like, okay, I got all this information, but how do I make sense of it? How do I prioritize? Is there something that you were prioritizing or not prioritizing at the beginning that now you either 
increase the priority of that or decrease it? You know, because we are focused on the international travelers in a country which is going through a tourism boom, it's gone from two and a half million eight years ago to 6.5 million international tourists per year. And I think it's got a long way to go still. The negative perceptions are still out there, but every single person who comes to Colombia becomes a raving ambassador afterwards. So a long way to go there. But in terms of looking for these trends, it's looking at, okay, where have they chosen now and how is that growing? We've been living here for all these past 10 years and we've seen this growth where it starts in one particular part of town and it grows up, it gets very popular, and then people look for an alternative to that popular part of town. It's really something that we see firsthand, but then you look for the data to back it up as well. We're going to do a lightning round. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at Eastern. EQ.com. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. War of Art. What's the best ever deal you've done? Creating a job doing what I love. Good answer. I like to think that the deal we just signed up in Puerto Rico is going to be our most exciting one yet. I think it's going to be a flagship property for us. It's going to enable us to provide an experience way above what we already do. Best ever way you like to give back? The one I'm discovering now is opening up minds to the reality of the world that we're living in. It's coming with a lot of baggage, but I think a lot of people are holding themselves back. So I'm discovering that's one of the most beneficial ways I can give back. Yeah, I'll say the best ever way that I like to give back is through education, education of opportunities, whether that's in real estate or giving my time to spend time helping to educate underprivileged children. There are a few organizations that I donate time with in, in Medellin that I really enjoy doing that. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you two got going on? Lifeoffar.com is the website. And for investors that are interested in learning of opportunities, investments at lifeoffar.com is where you can reach us. And if you'd like to see visually what we're doing and inside and outside of our projects, Sam, Life Afar on YouTube. Well, Sam and Eric, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your business model, how it works, the opportunities, and how you differentiate from other business models, in particular, having that VIP Airbnb service, as well as you've got many boots on the ground, and you're using that information to determine where to invest next and to mitigate risk as a result of that and how you're building a level of comfort remotely by having the vlog on YouTube 
and showing investors the opportunities and familiarizing them with the area. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.